Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 6. Hallelujah. And we're just going to share from the Word of God. You know, one of the things that uh, Pastor Pamela shared and said concerning this day and age, um, you know, we're, we're here at a per- terrific time to be alive as the church because I believe we're the 11th hour workers. I believe we're the ones that have to continue to reveal truth and we have to stand for truth. Amen. But if, if we don't know who we are, then we can't lead everybody else to the place they need to be. Amen? And uh, it, it, it amazes me because uh, some of the things that it, it concerns me of is I see people endeavoring. They started out in the spirit of God, receiving Jesus Christ by faith, the grace of God. But I see as they grow in their Christian walk or even are trying to figure things out, they think they have to do a lot of things or they think they have to work for it. Or they go back into being uh, works of the flesh or just going and think they have to earn some things. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's frustrating as a pastor when you see people struggling with who they are in Christ. You see people struggling with what they have. You see people struggling with their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, I mean, you know, he, he's awesome. He's our heavenly father, the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. He, 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 you know, he died, he, God gave his son, the Lord Jesus, he died for us and, and so that we could have a relationship with the father, amen? And that's God's heart. God's heart is he doesn't want to make it hard. He's not a taskmaster. He's not making you make bricks without straw, okay? Amen? And I was reading through the book of Galatians, because the book of Galatians, that's what it's all about. They started out in the spirit, and then people came in behind Paul and said, hey, you know, yeah, what Paul's preaching is good, but you need to do some more stuff. You need to do something else in order to do some things here. And uh, what they were endeavoring to say, you need to be circumcised, you need to follow the law, you need to follow these things here, and get them back into bondage. Now, thank God, God's called us to good works, amen? God's called us to do things. But you do things because you love God, not because you have to, you know, and you don't do things because you ought to, you do them because you want to. I mean, I love God with all of my heart, so wonderful, such a blessing, hallelujah. And, uh, you know, it, it just amazes me, it amazes me how people can get tired of the things of God. It amazes me how people get tired of doing the things of God and can get weary in well-doing. But it's because we're doing it in our own self and we're not doing it in his strength. And we're not doing it out of an act of love. Amen? So I just want to share with you today. And, I, and here, and I was reading the whole book of Galatians. I was went through it. And, I, and believe it or not, I got down to the last three verses or four verses. And something just popped out at me. And it's, I'm going to be reading to you from the, the new, this verse in the New Living. And I'll probably bounce from the New Living to the New King James to the Old King James. Sorry about that, but it just kind of goes all together. But I'll try to tell you. So I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation of Galatians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16, okay? He said this, as for me, talking, Paul was talking to the, and giving his final words to the uh, church at Galatia there, or to the province of Galatia, all these churches. He says, as for me, may I never boast in anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in the world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Yeah, you know, the world doesn't really care too much about you, right? It says, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. 
May God's peace and mercy be upon all who will live by this principle. They are the new people of God. So my title this morning is You're the New People of God. I want to talk to you about being a new creation, but I want to talk to you about being somebody who just knows how to be transformed into that and how to believe that I am somebody brand new. Amen? You know, it's funny. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, you know, have become new. Amen? It goes on down to say in verse 21 of that chapter, it says, God made Jesus, he who knew no sin, to be made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. Amen? That we might be made right with God. How many you know God's right? You know God's right? How many you know the world doesn't want to believe that God's right? They don't want to believe that there is a God. Because if you believe there is a God, then you know there's a right and a wrong. Amen? When you believe that there is a God, then you know there is a right and a wrong. Paul went on to say this in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. Amen? He said, I've been crucified with Christ. He he said, I've been crucified with Christ. What does he mean? He said, when I was crucified with with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says that I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies as a a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. In King James Version says, which is your reasonable service. You know, another translation, but which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. You know, I grew up in church, and growing up in church, they told us all about what not to do, what not to do, what not to do, and it was all a bunch of don'ts, but they never told me about my do's. They never told me what I could do. So you can't think, well, I just can't do anything. Not allowed to do this, not allowed to do that, not allowed to do that, so I'm not, I'm not allowed to have any fun. Yeah, wasn't allowed to have any fun until I started reading the Bible for myself, and really started taking hold of the word of God. And I found out, man, I could have fun. I was a new creature in Christ Jesus. See, because it says, be not conformed to this world. Maybe you're not transformed. You know, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get your thinking. Get Stop thinking in line with what the world is doing. And start thinking in line with what God says about you. And what God says you can have. And what God says you can do. And how the joy of the Lord is your strength. But most people don't have any joy. Y'all okay? Y'all looking at me real nervous here. Hallelujah. It's all okay. Everybody take a deep breath. It's all good. Yeah, we're going to talk about being we're the new people of God. And when I say that, he wrote this back. He's like the, in, in the King James Version, it says that you're the true Israel of God. Remember that Paul said, not all Israel is Israel. Amen. He talked about, and when he was saying you're the true, you're the ones that truly believe in God. You're the ones that truly do this because of what's taking place. We've taken on Christ's characteristics, his values, his desires. That's our heart. Amen. And what I want to share with you, how do we walk in this world? How do we walk as transformed people? How do we walk as new creations? How do we walk as just Christians on fire for the things of God that we believe that the word of God actually works? Go with me if you would over to 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm just going to put you in remembrance of some things because I want to stir up your pure mind. I want to stir up your heart. 
And the reason being is because I do really want to restore the joy of, of, of God's salvation unto you. But also what I want to do is I want you to walk as the new people of God. The ones that are bold. Full of the fire and the power of God that you're not afraid. Amen. You've heard me. I've shared this with you. The greatest thing that really disappointed me as a pastor, and, and I, I blame myself, and I blame all the other pastors in the world, because the minute that we hit with 2020 and, and every COVID came, and then everybody was afraid to die. Every Christian was afraid to die, afraid to be around anybody else, afraid they'd catch something, afraid they'd give something, and that was the whole thing. Well, you can't go because you're going to give. And, and it, it, it just crushed my heart because as Christians... We can't be afraid to die. Amen. Glory to God, we have salvation. We're not going to, we're eternal beings right now. If we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're, we're, we're eternal beings. Hallelujah. We've got eternal life right now. We're new creatures. We were translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his son and the light. We've got his presence, his life, his nature living and dwelling on the inside of us. We ought to be ready to go because we're not citizens of this earth. We're not, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We should have been like, glory, this is going to be good. Instead of hiding out. I'm sorry. We should not have done that. That, that, you know, and, and so, you know, I've repented for that. I've been believing God that you accept that forgiveness and things. But we need to, to know what God has given unto us so that we can sound the alarm or we can sound the voice, you know, the voice that God's given unto us. Amen? Because this is, believe it or not, folks, this is the greatest hour for the church, and it's the greatest hour to be alive. There's a lost and dying world that they need hope. They are without hope. And, and most of them don't even know it. They're just going around floundering. What, but they need to know the hope that we have. Thank God for the hope that we have. You know, it, one of the biggest things that I see is that we have forgotten who we are, so we didn't know how to stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, I've got the answer. I mean, is Jesus the healer or not the healer? Thank you for that weak amen. Amen, okay. Hallelujah. He is, I mean, he does this. But, uh, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things, like I share, we, and, I, and of course it's one of the things that's just in me, it's something that I share a lot about, is because I want you to know what you have on the inside of them. You know, Philemon, which is just one book, the verse six says this. God said that, or Paul writing Philemon, he said, listen, I want the communication of your faith to become effectual or I want it to become powerful. Well, how does that do? He said, well, the communication of your faith becomes effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you. And isn't it amazing? The devil always tells you how ugly you are, how terrible you are, and how bad you are. And if you don't acknowledge every good thing that's in you, and you don't tell yourself about how good God says you are, you'll be defeated. Amen? We need to do that. We have to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that to you out of the Amplified Bible. That's what I wrote down. I quoted you out of the King James. But in the Amplified Bible of Philemon, verse 6, we're going to get over to 1 Corinthians in just a moment. I promise. It says, and then he says, I pray that the participation in and the sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus unto his glory. 
Notice he, and I like the way the Amplified does. He said, listen, you need to know the full recognition of it, the appreciation of it, the understanding of it, and have knowledge of it, of every good thing that's in you. And most people, if you ask them, tell me some good things about you, most people can't even tell you too many good things about them. Now tell me the bad things about him. They got a long list. And yet God said, if you want your faith to be effectual, you got to start talking about how good, the goodness of God, what God's put in you. It's not you. It's what God put in you. We're not bragging on you. We know how you are, but without Jesus, we, we know who he needs to be. Here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, he said this. Hallelujah. He says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I actually really, really love this because, you know, in the King James Version, he said he was made unto us, you know, wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I'm so glad that God gave unto us through the Lord Jesus Christ wisdom to be able to operate in this world. Hallelujah. And and be ahead of the game. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Because what does wisdom simply mean? What does wisdom from the Bible simply mean? It means that you know what is true. You simply know what is true. Amen. Aren't you glad you know the truth? You should be overwhelmed with that. You should be, man, I am so glad I'm not in the dark. I'm so glad I'm not in confusion about what's going to happen. I'm so glad, hallelujah, that I'm not walking around, wringing my hands, thinking what is going to take place. Because God already told me. He told us in his word. Amen. He told us how the church is supposed to act. He told us how the church is supposed to react. Did you know that? Did you know that? That when the enemy comes in, hallelujah, and, and begins to just, you know, voice his opinions and voice all his things, we're supposed to rise up and, and begin to declare what God said about the whole situation and what God told us to do. And we are to bring hope that the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, he's, he knows what's going on. I mean, you know, God's not wringing his hands. God's not upset. God's not thinking, man, they've made a mess of this. And we know that we have made a mess of this. But we know that at the end of the days, it's got to be like the days of Noah. They blew it big time in the days of Noah. Amen? They did. You know, when there's only one righteous man on the whole face of the earth, you know the earth has gone bad. One. He said there was only one. Out of, I, we don't know how many thousands of people were alive at that time. I mean, I've never done all the genealogy things and stuff. But we know that there was a lot of folks alive. And only one was serving God. Aren't you glad we got a whole lot more this morning here that are serving God? Aren't you glad we got a whole lot more folks, you know, that are honoring God? You know, people have often said, well, God's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah and all these different... No, no, no. It's just because we're the, we're the salt of the earth. We're preserving the earth. Hallelujah. Amen? It's you and I that are keeping these things uh, going. And thank God, God's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for us to get more and more people born into the kingdom of God. More and more people to believe in him and the love of God to go out there. But see, when you understand how, that what wisdom is, wisdom is simply this, understanding what is true, what is right, what is lasting, what the word of God says about this whole situation. And aren't you glad for righteousness? Aren't you glad you're on the side that's right? How many of you know the world wants to tell you how crazy you are? They want to tell you, well, you're just, you know, you guys, those Christians, you know, they're over here in a fantasy land or they're over here just doing this and they, they're, not, they're not in touch with reality. Aren't you glad we're more in touch with reality than anybody else? Amen. 
You say, well, why do you say that? Well, because when you know the truth, it brings peace. And you're not, when you're not afraid to die, you're not afraid to say, you're not afraid to do, you're not afraid to stand up for righteousness and truth. Amen? And it's an old cliche. When, when you know you're ready to die, then you know you're ready to live. You're ready to take on. You're ready to take the wisdom of God because God's given unto us. Isn't that what Paul prayed for the Ephesians church in Ephesians chapter 1? He said, I cease not to give thanks for you and make a mention of you in my prayers. That the God would give unto you or would grant unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. A spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He went on to say that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is that hope of his calling. And what the riches of his glory is to the inheritance of the saints. Amen. He also went on to say that you might know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. God's desire for us is that. Hallelujah. And then thank God James said this. James was having to deal with that. He was the pastor of the first church there. Deal with all the. He said, listen, you know, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God. Remember, James chapter 1, verse 8 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men, how? Liberally. He, you know, he doesn't upbraid it. not. I means without a second thought. He's like, you need some wisdom? I'm trying to get wisdom to you. That's what I want. I've been made unto you wisdom. I want to get it. I've been made unto you righteousness, right standing with God, receiving what God has said and done in our lives. Amen? To know that you're on the right side. Amen? So important to know that you, what you're doing, what you believe in is so true and that you're ready to, to stand and watch God do miracles, signs, and wonders in your life. Amen? But he didn't stop there. He said, God was made unto us sanctification. Most people don't know what sanctification is. And when you get talking about that, everybody sinks down. Hallelujah. Because they get all nervous. You know? Because sanctification simply means this, that God's going to make you holy and he's going to make you have the ability to have that sin to no longer have dominion over you. Amen? That's what Paul wrote to the church at Rome and he said, hey, listen, sin no longer has dominion over you. Doesn't mean you won't sin or mess up. It just simply means it no longer has dominion. It no longer uh, comes to this point, well, I, I just couldn't help myself. No, yes, you can. Because God's grace enables you to do that. Amen? God's strength enables you to do that. Hallelujah. God wants us to sanctify ourselves. God wants us to honor him. And how do you know that we have to do that as the church? Amen? We have to take hold of the truth of the word of God and change our lives with it because it makes us holy. Peter said this, be ye holy as I am holy. Talking about what Jesus said there. It's so, so important uh, uh, to, to keep moving with the things of God and not go around figuring out, well, I said, there's just no hope because there is hope. There's God's amazing grace. Hallelujah. Because God's desire is for us, hallelujah, to have fellowship with him and him to live through us to show the world how great he is. Amen? Ephesians chapter 3 says this, you know, about verses 8, 9, and 10 there. It says, to do this, God said he wanted to show the world and the devil how great he is. He wanted to show the manifest wisdom of God, how great God is through you and I. God chose you and I to work through. And he's working through you and I as the church. He's working through you and I this day. Why? To go out and help somebody know the truth. And the truth is, is that Jesus came, Jesus died, 
Jesus was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He defeated the devil. He took the keys of death and hell. Hallelujah. And he rose up. Hallelujah. And he led captivity captive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. When he was raised up, we were raised up together with him. Amen. And he didn't just take us out. He turned around and said, hey, I'm sending them out into the world, but I'm sending them out into the world empowered by the Spirit of God to be a light into the world. The world hated me. It'll hate them. Praise God. Nothing new. But glory to God, we've got truth that'll set the captives free. And so we are the new people of God. And that's what it was all about. The enemy has tried to crush, tried to crush the church throughout centuries. And the church is, has never been more alive than it is today. Thank you for your overwhelming response. They say, yeah, but we're always... No, the church has never been more alive than we are today. I'm so glad that we have connections in all around the world of what God is actually doing and doing things. You know, we, we support 28 different missionaries monthly, okay? So we support things in different nations of the world. And doing that, we get contact with different people. I get to hear things like people that are living in those nations talking about what God is doing. Yes, there's all kinds of chaos and yes, there's all kinds, but God is doing supernatural things. God is moving in every nation and he's moving in our nation. Because we're here. Amen. I told the Lord many times. I said, Lord, listen, I know you call me to pastor and you call me to support these the missionaries and do things. But you know, if, if somebody else is having a better revival than I'm having, I want to be there. I'm selfish. I don't want you to be doing something greater there than you're doing here. Amen. I do. I pray dangerous prayers. I believe that. I'm taking on. Why? Because of the last thing right here. The very last thing that he said in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. He said, not only did he say that he's made unto us wisdom and he made unto us righteousness and then sanctification, but thank God we've been redeemed. Redemption. Redemption means God bought you back. He bought you with a price. He redeemed you by his blood. Amen. How precious is that? We just took communion knowing glory to God. Uh, my life, Jesus had to sacrifice his so that I might have life. Amen. I mean, when we see that, we say, I've been redeemed. But what have we been redeemed from? Thank God we've been redeemed from sin. Hallelujah. In that? Glory to God. We've been forgiven and redeemed. Hallelujah. But we've also been redeemed from the curse of the law. All the junk that was supposed to come down on that, we've been redeemed from. Amen. And he obtained an eternal redemption for you and I. That we don't have to go through life with our own thinking. Man, aren't you glad God's bigger than your brain? He thinks a whole lot better. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Thank God he gave his thoughts and ways to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 there. He said, you know, the scripture says, I hath not seen and ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath revealed to them. But then verse 10 says, but God hath revealed all those things of the spirit to you and I. It goes on to say in verse 16, he gave you the mind of Christ. I just wish we'd start using it. Instead of thinking in line with the word of God. We don't have to go through life with our own thoughts, our own plans, our own ways. All this stuff that we have to do in our own ideas. Aren't you glad you can get a God idea? Aren't you glad that God can show, God can strengthen? You're not bound by your own thoughts. Thank God. Hallelujah. God can place one of his in you. And we know that he does because when you do something really right, really good, we go, we know that's not him. Praise God. God just used that person. That's awesome. That's so good. Amen. Because he won. Because Jesus gave us 
wisdom. He gave us righteousness. He gave us sanctification, holiness, and the ability to walk with him. But he also gave us redemption. And what that simply means, God's not holding your sins against you. Aren't you glad that you can ask God to forgive you? And he does. Oh, I tell you. You know, I probably had more questions like this asked to me from, from different things, ministers, but also just from people. And they say, you know, you've been in church all of your life. How do you, how do you keep from feeling guilty? How do you feel, keep from feeling just people not doing right things or not doing the proper things? Or how do, they, how do you feel about uh, things not gone the way you thought they should have gone or as big as you think they should? Or, you know, all these stuff that you keep preaching. How do you not get discouraged? See, I got your attention now. Because all of you have gotten discouraged. All of you get, you know, like, how do you do that? You know, and I told you, I mean, I, I've been in church all of my life. I've been a pastor. I was in church, grew up in church, got saved in church, went into ministry at 19 years of age, been in ministry all of these years. And I love God more now, and I love people more now than I ever have in my entire life. Hallelujah. You say, well, how do you do that? Two things. Two things. One, one, I talk to God every day. <laughs> And, and, and he says, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I talk to God every day about you. And he says, you're going to be okay. <laughs> That's the first thing. If you talk to God, and you, you see, if you talk to God first before you go out and meet people, they, are, they just look a whole lot better. <laughs> okay? Second thing is, is that I believe and this is the thing that God spoke to my heart many, 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 and it's helped me in ministry more than anything else, is I just believe that every day, you know, God's going to do something supernatural in my life. I believe every day is a miracle. But he said this. He said, if you'll meet people for the very first time every day, which simply means this, if you'll believe that people repent from what they did yesterday and not hold any grudges against them, not hold anything against anybody, then you'll get to receive what I can say and do through them and you'll walk around and see miracles. See, so I believe people re- repent every day. So this is my wonderful little saying is that people are precious and they have no past. And so if you, if you, it's kind of like if you've ever seen that, uh, it, I saw a movie one time, it was called 50 First Dates or what, a 50 Date, whatever that was, where she couldn't remember the next thing. I said, man, I wish Christians could do that. Holy cow. Wake up. You see, yeah, but we could, I, I know that we, we remember our past, we remember the memorials and thank God for what God has done. But boy, how great would it be not to remember the offense? How great would it be to remember that we've been redeemed because of the blood of Jesus has cleansed our minds. Let the blood cleanse your mind. Let the blood of Jesus wipe away all the hurts and all the pains. Amen? And I'm, you know, with family, family usually are the ones that hurt you the worst and things that you do. You know, we were, we were sharing about some things of family and somebody was sharing something about family members. I said, well, I can, I can top that. And I gave them a story of a family member. And they were all like, yeah, that tops it. I said, it does. I said, but hey, what are you going to do? They say, but do you still love them? I do. Honestly love them and care for them. You say, how can you do that? Because it's easy. I believe that they repent. And I believe that they're covered under the blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad for the blood? That gives us the love of God. The Bible says also the love of God constrains us. It compels us. 
to do what? To love people, to reach out. What compels us to win the loss? It's the love of God. It's the love of God that compels us. Amen? Let me give you a third one too that'll help you to live life and how to, how to do this and keep your joy. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So he takes all the blame off, takes all the things. I say, I know it goes on to say for those that walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. So you got to work on that. But if you just say there is therefore now no condemnation. Amen. You're allowing God to free you from being condemned about what you did. You got to learn how to forgive yourself. And you got to learn how to walk with it. Because we're supposed to be the new people of God. It ought to be that everybody in the world would want to join the church. Not the physical thing, but to join the body of Christ. Everybody ought to see. They want to have what you have. Amen. Why? Because you've got God's thoughts. You've got God's ways. You've got God's plans. You've got God's ideas. You know, Jesus made that unto us so that we can do that. Amen? And so when we look into the world for happiness or we're looking to the world to get solutions or answers, we're looking at the wrong place. We need to look to here. We need to look to the Word of God. We need to look to what God's Word says. When we look to the Word of God, it'll change everything for us. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind this thing up or wind it down one of the two ways is that uh, Ephesians, I think, verse one, or chapter 1 and verse 3 says this, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, King James says. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You kind of go, wow. You know, uh, what does that mean? Well, it simply means that God has blessed us with everything heaven itself enjoys. So how much depression is in heaven? (laughs) Amen. So how much sadness is in heaven? (laughs) Okay. So if he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings, then he's basically blessed us with everything that heaven's enjoying. And when we hook up and know that we become the new people of God, or we become new creations in Christ Jesus, or we become a new person because we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. Amen? That changes everything. It changes our whole perspective, our whole outlook. Everything changes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because there's another scripture in the Bible that goes right along with that. When you begin to say, I'm going to get heaven. He's blessed me with all, all the spiritual blessings. And I get heaven's you know, realities and heaven's rewards. Wow. Because Paul also said that over in Colossians, he told the church at Colossians, he said, you are complete in him. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You're complete. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't felt complete very much. I'm always looking at, man, I could have done that, should have done this, could have done this. But when you understand that he's talking about you're complete spiritually, that you're seated at the right hand of the Father, that you can't get any higher than you already are right now. So your relationship and your fellowship should be there. And then God's going to work on you. He's going to help you. Amen. He said, you're complete in him. Amen. Hallelujah. So if we're complete, then I'm not striving to do something. I'm just receiving what God has said about me. And I'm going to say what God said about me. And I'm going to share with others what God can do for them because of what he's done for me. Amen? And that's our heart. We've got to bring hope. We've got to bring healing. We've got to bring joy. We've got to bring peace. Because God wants us 
to triumph. He wants us to win, which we know that we've already won, but he wants us to go out and share with others, hallelujah, that we can triumph over sin. We can triumph over the sickness. We can triumph over the frustrations, over the depression, over all those things. Why? Because of what Jesus did for you and I. What a great salvation. We have the greatest thing in all the world. If God never supplies another need, doesn't do anything for you, could you still just rejoice and praise and worship and shout for what he's already done? If you can't, then your relationship with him is not where it needs to be. Because if you only go to God for what he can do for you, amen, instead of going to God for who he is, who he is, what he's done. See, that's what we all look back to the cross. We all look back to the cross and say, Phew, that's awesome. Amen. You know, when they were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, oh, save us now. Hosanna. Oh, they were praising him as a king. But he didn't come with a crown. He came with a cross and nobody else was doing nothing. That when, when they found out he was going to be carrying a cross instead of be carrying a crown, he was in trouble. There was no praises and, and, and shouting. But thank God for what he did on the cross. Man, can we praise him and worship him for what he did on the cross as he did for us? Yes. I mean, there was, oh, he did. I mean, they were saying, oh, save us now. And he goes, I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to do. That's why I'm here. I'm here to save you. Amen. He was here to do that. So he was doing exactly what they were saying. He just wasn't doing it the way they thought he should. Amen. Praise God, though. Thank God for our salvation. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, my heart this morning was just to turn our, to stir up the hearts, but to turn their hearts towards you. Let them know that they are a new people in Christ Jesus. That old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Lord, you are such a great God. You are such a wonderful, loving, heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, now we bow our heads before you because we honor you. We're not bowing in shame. We're not bowing in guilt. We're bowing in reverence and honor because we love you. Father, I don't know everybody that's here. Hallelujah. But you do. Holy Spirit, you know everybody that's here. We never have a service for those watching us online or those that are here. We give everybody the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about making Jesus our Lord and our Savior. Changing us. Hallelujah. Out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear son. And if you're here. And you know your heart. You know your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's an individual gospel. It's an individual relationship. It's, only, it's between you and the Lord. It's not between you and anybody else. Can't go to heaven on mom's faith, dad's faith, husband's wife, whatever. It's your own. It has to be. It's a personal gospel. God made it that way. It's your relationship. And so if you're here and you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life, we're not asking you to join this church. We're asking you, do you want to be part of the body of Christ? Do you want to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? That's what we did, our desire. Those of you watching, you know, that's our desire for you too. And we thank God that there are those of you that, that do that. 
So you'd say, Pastor, I want to be born again. If you want to just raise your hand, realize I want to be a follower of Jesus, or I want to know that if I died today, I'd make heaven and miss hell. That's simply what it is. And if you want to know that, just raise your hand because God loves you. He cares for you. We may all be, I know I teach the church. I'm a pastor, so I teach to the church of who they are. You know, but God loves you and he cares. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for everybody that's here then. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, I just thank you that Jesus is real in them. And that they'll take hold and know that God has given unto them wisdom. And righteousness. And sanctification and redemption. And that they have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer them that live, but it's Christ in them that lives. And Father, I thank you that they can live this life by faith. Hallelujah. And they can live a life that's pleasing to you. Lord, let us be lights as we go from this place. As we go out these doors and we go to touch lives. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, let us be the light that we're supposed to be. Father, I ask... Just as Peter said, there's going to be people come and ask the reason of the hope that's within us. I ask that people run to folks and just ask the reason of why they're so happy and why they're so joyful or why there's such a presence about them. Hallelujah. So that they have to declare it's because of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your amazing blessings. Thank you for your amazing grace. As we go, we thank you for your wonderful love. Hallelujah. We just honor you now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.